through two separate uh, issues or circumstances with uh, the Apostle Paul last week because I didn't want to have to dwell on these two Wednesday nights in a row because they're a little sensitive. And I think it is a, a hallmark of, uh, of the scriptures as God guided these Bible writers that, you know, he, he includes the, the positive and he also includes what, from a human perspective, we would consider negative. We have this, uh, this situation with Paul and Barnabas there at the end of chapter 15 and they have this sharp disagreement and they end up going their separate ways and you'd think, well... The devil's just really happy about that. That's all, you know, that's, that'll do it for the church. You know, it gets out there. These leaders can't get along and this happened. And wow, what a black mark on what God thought he was doing. Well, no, God gets the glory, even through a disagreement. In fact, God not only gets the glory, but God compounds his ministry in the world as uh, Paul takes Silas and they go one way and Barnabas takes John Mark and they go the other way. Well, why would we reiterate that? Well, just because. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. So uh, we'll read it, verse 36, and we'll just read on down. We'll get, we'll get into some new uh, material tonight, I think. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, this is 1536, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, there's a reason we start here tonight because that's important. Paul, Paul is talking to Barnabas. They've completed the first missionary journey. And he says, let, this is, this is the idea that gets the ball rolling for the second missionary journey. This is what we need to know. This is what Paul's idea is. Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. So what, I mean, there is going to be a sharp disagreement, but how do you like the heart of Paul? You know, he's... Uh, well, wasn't one time traveling through these cities and causing a uproar? Wasn't that enough, Lord? Well, no, not for Paul. He wants to return. He wants to visit. He wants to see these folks. He wants them built up. That's why we meet once a week. We like seeing each other. We want to build each other up. We want to encourage each other. So this is really important. This, kind of, this really sets the stage for what the new material we'll get into tonight. So Barnabas wanted to take John, uh, called Mark, all, along with them also. So that was Barnabas' idea, but Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia. We remembered that, that John Mark said, I'm not going to finish this race. I'm not going to finish this journey with you. I'm going, I'm going back. And John Mark had not gone with them to the work. Paul didn't forget, and there occurred such a sharp disagreement. And that, that's a good translation right there. It was a, very much a difference of opinion here. 
that they separated from one another and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. <laughs> Interesting. I still can't get over this. Barnabas and John Mark are going home. Cyprus was home. So, <laughs> I don't know. Paul's not going home. Paul's going back to these churches. It's just interesting to me. Um, but Paul, Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And then we get to 16. Uh, Paul came also to Derby and, and Lystra. And uh, we have a record of the meeting in Lystra back in chapter 14. You can read that later, but it's, uh, it's just a quick summary of what took place when Paul visited. And a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And that really is the impetus for everything that follows in the next four verses. Timothy's parents, uh, the mother, a believer, yet a Jewish woman who was a believer, and his father, a Greek. So it's a mixed marriage there. Um, And so Timothy is this up-and-comer, up-and-coming minister. And he was well-spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him. So Paul recognizes uh, his, his heart. He recognizes what God is doing with Timothy. And he wanted Timothy to go with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So this is the reason for the circumcision. Had Timothy's parents been Greek Paul wouldn't have put circumcision on Timothy as a a responsibility. But because of his Jewishness uh, is the reason that Paul insisted that he, Timothy, be circumcised. And as we know, when Paul went into a town, he's going to the synagogue. He didn't want extra drama. There's drama enough when he presents the gospel. He doesn't want... More drama over here stirring because Timothy is uh, a son of a Jewish woman yet uncircumcised. That's just more drama. Didn't need it. So that's the reason. That's the rationale here. Um, Now, while they were passing through the city. So thankfully, we just have one verse on that, right? Verse three. And now we're on our way. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees. I don't want to linger there. I just don't. He's a grown man. This is uh, difficult. So anyway, we need to, we'll move on. Yeah. So now while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees, which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. For them to observe. So they had just had this Jerusalem conference and they made decisions. And one of the big decisions was that they weren't going to put this idea of circumcision on the Gentiles. They don't have to be, the men don't have to be circumcised to become Christian. But there were some other 
things that they wanted the Gentiles to be sensitive about. These are sensitivity issues. And they're sharing these issues while they travel. Uh, So the churches, and then Luke is very good at this. This is one of the reasons I love his writing and his historical accounts. He is faithful to give summary statements. And we have one in verse 5. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. That's just a wonderful, brief summary of what's taking place. And they passed through, this is new material here in verse 6, They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So here's the thing. Remember, Paul said, I want to go return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. That's verse 36. If you want to go back to the end of Matthew, he gives a great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and all this this, um, work. This good work that's going to be done uh, for in the name of Jesus and for the sake of the gospel and all of that. What we find out here is that God oversees uh, that uh, evangelistic endeavor. You just think, well, that's the end of it. Just go, right? Just go. Go into all the world. Just, you know, pick a direction. Well, here we find that God is particular about where they're going. It's interesting, I think, to see that God is going to, through the Holy Spirit, guide Paul and Timothy and Silas the direction he wants them to go. And it is uh, an Another point to be made is this is the same area that we've been talking about on on uh, Sunday mornings with uh, in First Peter. This is Asia Minor. He's talking about. He's forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Well, you read those first couple verses in First Peter. Asia is mentioned as as though as uh, a place where those people, those elect exiles, reside. And then we find a couple other. Uh, places here that they're residing in verse seven. And after they came to Mycenae, they were trying to go into Bithynia and the spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So that's twice. Uh, Verse six, they were forbidden by the Holy spirit to speak the word in Asia. And then verse seven, the spirit of Jesus. And that's a different uh, connotation. We don't read much about the spirit of Jesus. Most of the time we get Holy spirit. But here, Luke uh, uses spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So you're going to love this. Back to the maps. You like the maps? I know we're thinking that your Bible has some maps. That's probably a huge step just to think that. But we do have some maps. I've got, I go to the last map in my Bible and it's got a just a beautiful little red line that shows the second missionary journey. And it shows, it actually shows them going north up toward Bithynia and Pontus. It's probably too much to think we all have the same exact map. 
But if you go to the map, if you have a map that is titled or a map that shows Paul's first, second, and third missionary journeys, that's the map you want. And then from Pisidian Antioch, which would be almost almost center of the page uh, on my, in my Bible, in my Bible map, and they're going north. And there at the top, it says Bithynia and Pontus, and we know those are provinces or regions of Asia Minor, and this is a vast expanse. They're going north, and that's where, right up there where they turn and go west, that's where God has forbidden them to go further. That's where the Holy Spirit has said, you're not going there. They thought they were going there. They were wanting to go to Bithynia and Pontus, but the Lord had another idea. And the Lord is going to send them west. They're going to go all the way over there to Troas. And then they're going to wind up in Macedonia, of all places, northern Greece, And then we get into those Grecian cities or cities in that area that we know of like Thessalonica and Corinth and Athens, those cities. So the Lord's taken them due west and it must have been exciting for them. Now the question comes to this, why? People ask why, and there's no shortage of discussion on why God would forbid them to go to Bithynia and Pontus. One, uh, one thought, and it's just a thought, we don't know for sure, but that Peter had possibly been evangelizing in those areas. After all, that's the people that he was writing to when he wrote First Peter. Those elect exiles in Bithynia and Pontus and Cappadocia and Asia. I'm leaving one out. There's five of them. But at any rate, uh, that's one thought that Peter had already been in that area or was in that area. And the Lord didn't need him in that area. So he's going he's gonna to turn them west. So... We're done with the map, at least for now. So after they came to Mycenae, we're in verse 7, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. So it's, it's good to think, okay, well, God forbade them to go one direction, but now God's going to lead them another. It's not just, no, you can't. It's, here you go. Yes, you can. So, uh, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, there's the specifics aren't spelled out here, but most every time this kind of language is used in the Bible, it means to save us. In other words, come over with the view to save us. It's not like, They're starving for food. No, they're starving for spiritual food. 
So that's the, that's the whole point. Paul and Silas and Timothy are preaching the gospel. Well, they're having this vision happens. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Well, the point is they're supposed to go to Macedonia and preach the gospel. Bring the message of salvation to them. Verse 10, when he had seen the vision immediately. That's a good word. Immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia. Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. Now, Samothrace is a little bitty island, but if you were in a boat, you would notice this little bitty island because it has a 5,000 foot mountain on it. Okay, so it's a small island, but it's a big mountain and it's significant. It gets everybody's attention. So they run a straight course to Samothrace. We should go back and sail with Paul and Timothy and Silas. And on the day following to Neapolis. And from there, and this is Luke, he's brilliant. He's just, he's right there. And notice, uh, notice verse 11. We, I just, I skated right by it and we, we got to mention it right there. So putting out to sea from Troas, notice the little pronoun there. It's plural. We, we, we. Luke's joined the group. Luke's with him. He's right there. So this is eyewitness material, and this is why he's so specific. He's really good on port of calls, and he's really good on here we are, and now we're leaving. This is, and this is classic Luke right here. Putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. He's right there with them. Wind at their back or wind in their face, whatever, he's there. And on the day following to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia. It is a Roman colony. So Philippi, this whole area is Roman. Got a real Roman influence there. Philippi is a significant colony of Rome. So if you would go, if you were to enter Philippi, you would just see things that would remind you of Rome. Rome had uh, her... Fingerprints all over Philippi. And then uh, Luke says, and we were staying in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside. Well, that's different because normally on the Sabbath day, they go to the synagogue. But here we have a riverside. Hmm. So the thinking is there's not enough men a Jewish man in this Philippi to constitute a synagogue so that there's probably not a synagogue there. Uh, more than likely, uh, that just means there's not a significant Jewish population there. And he goes to the, uh, well, there it is again. We, Luke's right there. We went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. That's interesting that they were supposing there would be a place of prayer. They knew there'd be something somewhere and they go by the riverside and he says, we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. 
So there's women there, and they're there for a prayer meeting, and it's the Sabbath day. Uh, we would think uh, that there's uh, a Jewish influence there. It's the Sabbath. Um, so I wonder what happens. Uh, they're down by the riverside. Uh, we can go a little further here. Verse 14. Luke is faithful to uh, tell us what takes place here at the riverside on the Sabbath in this Roman colony of Philippi. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. My, my, my. That is just, that is so sweet to the ear. Just to to read of the Lord's influence and how he guided. Remember all they went through. I mean, they're going north. They're bound and determined to go to Asia Minor. And God moves them a different direction. They don't even have a synagogue in sight. They're down by the riverside in some Roman colony. And there's a woman, Lydia. All that for a woman? Lydia? I mean, it's just the Lord. He does what he does. It's just so beautiful. And, and then the description of her salvation. I mean, she's a worshiper of God. But she, she needs to know about Jesus. And Paul's there to speak uh, concerning Jesus and the forgiveness of sin that is offered, the good news. And it's just beautiful. And the Lord, right there. Well, I, I like this part. Let's back up just a little bit. She's a worshiper of God, <laughs> was listening. <laughs> That's really good. Jesus, time and time again, said what? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so she was listening. And the Lord opened her heart. Now, now, listen, Paul couldn't open her heart. Uh, uh, Silas couldn't open her heart. Timothy couldn't open her heart. But God can open the heart. That's just so wonderful. This is, and listen, we say it probably not enough. This is a spiritual work. I mean, we have a responsibility under God to get the message out, but only God can open the heart. And uh, I don't know the thought, you know, it's like sometimes, sometimes we as believers can be so um, desiring for someone's salvation that we, we batter them a little bit before, <laughs> and there's no sense in that. It's just God opens the heart. We put it out there. We, we, uh, we give them the good news. Uh, we, we, we try to be, we, we want to be prayed up. We want to speak the truth in love. And it's God who opens a heart. It's just so beautiful. And God's opened your heart for spiritual things. I mean, why else? I mean, for whatever re- other reason, will we be here on Wednesday night opening our Bible, looking at a map in the back and, and then looking at a, a historical account of Luke and, it's just, he's opened your heart 
to what? Respond to the things spoken by Paul. So that first response had to be repentance and faith in God. And there it is. And, and then, I mean, just think all they went through. Think of that, that sharp disagreement. Think of that. Think of those, the Holy Spirit forbidding them to go. Think of all that travel to go north only to find out, oh, we're not going any further. We got to go west. We're going to Greece, not Asia Minor. And then for Lydia. And then verse 15, this is even, this is beautiful. And when she and her household had been baptized. So there's a step. This is a testimony of what God had done. God had raised her. And uh, it's just right there in the, she had been baptized. She and her household had been baptized. She urged us saying, so this is how, I mean, she, this is the real thing, right? If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So it's, I mean, there, and okay, so Lord, we're going to go preach the gospel all the way over here in Philippi, Macedonia. We've, we're reminded of Rome every time we turn around. Um, and there's a riverside. I mean, can't we do better than a riverside? Uh, how about a synagogue? It seems like a step down, but no, there's Lydia. And oh yeah, by the way, Lord, where are we going to stay when we get there? I mean, we don't, we don't have, we didn't call ahead. We didn't, no, we don't have reservations anywhere. Oh, Lydia says, you know what? Why don't you stay with me? We think Lydia was really a businesswoman. She's a, she's a seller of purple fabric, uh, purple from some root over there. I think it's still used for uh, a dye. Um, but anyway, she's, she prevailed. There it is. She prevailed upon us. That means she won. <laughs> I mean, you can see how it goes. She goes, I want you, if I've been judged faithful by you guys, come, please stay at my house. And, you know, Paul and Silas and Timothy, no, no, don't, you don't, no no need to bother. Uh, Yes, yes, I want you to come. I want you to be at my house. I want you to stay here with, with us. And she won, right there it is. She prevailed upon us. All right, well, I think, oh, I know one more thing. We, we need to, we need to go with Paul and Silas as we conclude on the boat. We didn't. We didn't. We did the land route, but then they got on a they got on a boat. And I wanted to look at that on the map before we dismiss just quickly. So Samothrace, if you see like Macedonia in the top left hand corner, that's where it is on my map. It is west of where they were. So if you go east, a little, just a little bit southeast, you're going to see Neapolis, right? And then if you go by water, you go down there to, where is Samothrace? I just saw it. Isn't it funny how maps move on you? There it is. There's Samothrace. So you see the Aegean Sea, and if you go just northeast, there's a little island, and that's Samothrace. And that's where, uh, that's just a little northwest of Troas. So that's where, you know, they were, they were denied by the Holy Spirit to go to Bithynia and Pontus. So they go west, and they go down to Troas. 
And then they get on a boat and they go to Samothrace and then on to Neapolis. And Neapolis, as I understand, was a port city of Philippi. And so Philippi is right there, just west of Neapolis. But they sailed into Neapolis. So that gives you some sense of their travels, uh, you know, by land, by sea. And then they're not through, but they are at Philippi and they've seen God work uh, ever so sweetly there in the lives of those precious people, the family of Lydia um, in Philippi. Father in heaven, thank you for the time together. It's always good to get in your word and it's so refreshing, Lord, to just see you move. And we know that you still open hearts. Um, So, Lord, uh, continue your work. Uh, Help us to be sensitive and obedient to your call to evangelize, to, to point others to Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.